Welcome back to Clear Talk. On this episode, we break down the difference between self-discipline and self-suppression and how to use discipline in your life to achieve your goals. By the way, let us know in the comments below what are some great habits you developed with your discipline and what are some bad ones you still want to get rid of. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Clear Talk. I'm your host, Armin Shafi. This is my co-host, Jeanette Oduro. And this is the number one show for entrepreneurs who need clarity. If you got questions in your business, your life, or just personally things that you don't know who you could ask to get the answers for, then you can go to askarmin.com. And on this show live every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time, we will answer your questions and give you some perspective to help you out. And by the way, if you're on Facebook right now, hit that share button so everyone you know can also get a dose of this Clear Talk for Monday. Monday to start your week off right and hit that like button drop a comment down below let us know where you're from right now and you know if you've been watching for a while or if this is your first show ever if you're on Instagram send this as a DM to a few people that would want to join us on this Monday to start off the week right and if you're on if you're on YouTube and you like co- content around um, you know uh, building your own coaching business building your own business period being an entrepreneur following your dreams achieving your goals and really just having that life work balance that you've always wanted and you want more content and help on that then go ahead and hit that subscribe button with that little notification bell and so that YouTube can let you know when we go live and when we post new content for you on a weekly basis. So, Jay. A. I, that's not going to catch on. Let me not do that. Did you say J after A? No, like... No, you said A after J? I didn't even catch it. Just trying that's to... definitely why it's not going to catch it's on. It's not, I didn't yeah. even catch it. Um, <laughs> last week... Yes. We had a heated debate. Um, about apologies. Yes. And so let's do an update. You know, have you been not apologizing this whole week? Have you been catching yourself? Yeah. Okay. And I did my best to apologize. It didn't last more than like a day. (laughs) It's in my nature to just fix things without having to put myself into an apologetic state. Yeah. But I did say sorry a few more times than I used to. Yeah. And honestly, it felt odd to me. Really? Now, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just felt like it felt odd because I'm not used to it. Okay. But it felt odd. And um, I just felt like, you know, why am I... Apologizing. Yeah. That's literally what I would think when I'd say, and I'm like, okay. So how was your experience? Like, give us an update. Okay, so at the beginning of the week, I was like, all right, let me just test this out. Let me see how it goes. And at first, I was like, okay, becoming very, very conscious of when I was saying sorry. And I was like, wow, like, I actually didn't need to say sorry at that moment. And throughout the week, I noticed I was saying it less and less. Um, I had conversations with family and friends about what sorry means to them. Like, I actually did some research <laughs> because I was like, I want to come to the to the uh, to the like the root of this, like apologies thing. So, upon reading and talking to different people, there's a couple of different things that I noticed. One, in my culture, I'm from Ghana. A lot of people will kind of just say sorry all the time. Like it's yeah, just yeah. like it's so just like a st- yeah, kind like of like yeah. Like if things happen, they'll say oh sorry, why sorry oh like just to say it in conversation. Like if something if something is happening or if yeah. you're expressing yourself, they'll be like oh sorry why kafra why kafra just means like there there in tree. But so I was like wow, like that could be a layer of why I'm always saying sorry. In addition to that, it was as well as uh, in customer service and in sales. Mm. 
um, a habit that you pick up pretty quick is like the customer is always right. Like always just keep the customer in flow, in flow, don't attack. And I think that was a part of it as well. I was like, oh, like maybe I started to say sorry or apologize right away in a customer or customer service representative or standpoint. Um, and as well as just trying to, like I said, in my initial conversation about it is just to alleviate a situation that seems stressful, right? When people hear the word sorry, like psychologically, they're like, oh, okay, they're listening. So multi, multi layers to it. But as I continued to read on argument on um, Armin's argument of the of the circumstance was one, a lot of people say that if you apologize, like people will see you as a weaker individual yeah. if you're speaking to like other CEOs and other um, like top executives. In addition to the fact that like sometimes when celebrities do something bad and they apologize for it, a lot of the time people don't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. So lots of research later, I was like, wow, like not necessarily that I felt much of a difference. Like I didn't really feel like oh, like a, a shining light moment where I had the epiphany of like, I'm never going to apologize again. But I did think like, wow, like that was genuinely a circumstance where I have no reason to say sorry. And it doesn't really serve the circumstance or the person if I apologize for this. Yeah. So it just kind of made me take a look at different circumstances I was in where I would initially apologize right away and just not think about it. And it kind of gave me a second layer or a second time, a uh, second chance even in the conversation to stop and be like, oh, like, did I feel like that apology was necessary? Do I need to apologize at this moment? Are there other words that I can use to, to, um, to make the situation better? And, you know, my conclusion was ultimately that I was using sorry as a way to not, like, in, I guess maybe not, um, like, fully engage in the conversation to do all the extra bits later. Like, naturally, you say sorry and a person feels okay and, like, it's cool and you can just move on. So my conclusion is Who was I'm right? not going to say sorry again. <laughs> no, oh! No. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say that you yeah, were it's right not, yet. It's not about right or wrong. Yeah. But the fact is, we made a point. We made a point, absolutely. What's we the made point, a, though? The point is... You actually only should apologize when you genuinely feel as if you have wronged somebody and you want to, you know, get their forgiveness. Yeah, but why? Why only then and not any time else? Because then you are, like, on some level, on the subconscious level, you are acknowledging, like, I'm making a mistake and I want to let you know that I'm making a mistake. But in those circumstances, I was like, I never felt as if I actually made a mistake. I was yeah. just saying it. To You're just saying it. I was just saying it, you know? Like, I was genuinely just saying it, even if I didn't... Because I was open... I was being open to the fact that I might not be aware of how I hurt your feelings. Yeah, But, yeah. like, that part doesn't matter. And that's what I realized. Like, that... It doesn't matter if I am trying to protect you from what I potentially may be doing to you. That's just me doing too much brain work. I could just ask you, like, did I upset you? And we can move on from there. Yes. Yeah. So, I did realize that, absolutely. So... So Armin and the audience won. Jeanette zero. <laughs> Everybody has one. Everybody has one. One and one. By Learning the way, is the real winner. By the way, <laughs> um, you said something I want to touch on real quick, which yeah. is uh, you're like you know customers always right. Just because the customers always right doesn't mean you have to be wrong. True. Let me tell you something. Share something that uh, that uh, my mentor Satish taught me. I was sitting in a Thinking Grow seminar, and I remember him saying this, and I'm like, oh, that's so deep. And it fixed my family problems, actually. He said, just because you're right doesn't mean you have to make the other person wrong. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? And I remember he explained how you can know you're right inside your mind, yeah. 
right? And then not say anything about it and let the other person think whatever they want. But just because you're right doesn't mean you're only right if you make them wrong. You tell them they're wrong, you make them admit. And I realize in family, this happens a lot where everyone's egos are just trying to prove who's smarter or who is right and who's wrong. Yeah. And that's what tears them apart mm -hmm. because everyone's trying to compete with each other. Yeah. But it took, you know, it takes a bigger person to just say, I know I'm right, it's okay, I don't need to prove it. But I know I'm right about it. And you let the person believe whatever they want. This has actually created so much harmony in my, in my family life because I never try to fight or argue with them anymore. Like it's very, very rare. Yeah. And it's like, even if I know I'm right, sometimes I just shut my mouth and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You guys are great. Like, I, I think you're right too. In your world, do you think you're right? So it's fine. So with that being said, you know, um, to touch, double touch on this topic, even when your customers are right, you know, doesn't mean you have to make yourself wrong to make them right. You could just, just say you're right. Mm -hmm. Like, and if they are always right, and which is not true, by the way. It's not. Yeah. I was on a Steve Jobs talk this morning and. Um, he's also a very inspiring man. He, he said the customer doesn't know what they want. If they knew what they wanted, they would have had faster horses, not cars, you know? <laughs> um, they would, they would still be walking around with Walkmans. Maybe yeah. now they're Runmans instead of Walkmans and they upgraded. Uh, <laughs> that's a good dad joke. That's a good dad joke. Um, you know, maybe they made Runmans, not iPods. My point is, um, customer isn't always right, by the way. And believe me, I have my fair share of experience on knowing when my customers are definitely not right. Yeah. Um, and so I don't make them wrong. I just let them go. Like, I'm like, yeah, I read it. whatever. You want to mm -hmm. be right about that, go ahead. Yeah. I know, you know, that it's wrong, but it's okay. My point is, even in those situations, even with my own clients. Yeah. I don't, I don't, there's no, I, I have no, by the way, customer's always right is good customer service attitude. Yes. For a telemark, for, a, you know, $14 an hour. Yeah. Customer service rep working at a big company who's just a yeah. small fish in a big pond. Sure. Customer's always right. Do not apply that as a CEO. I'll tell you why. If you're a business owner, if you own a business and you are the one who is running it, your customer's not always right. And the only reason why you'd ever put yourself in a state where your client's always right, always right, okay, make sure they're always right. Mm -hmm. Well, you're just actually very insecure. I don't need my clients. I love my clients in, in general, by the way, but I'm saying I don't need one client out of you know all of them. So I don't I never put myself in a state where I feel like I need them so much that yeah. I'm willing to make myself wrong even when I'm not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and it's not about ego of right or wrong here. It's about the principle of it. It's about integrity. Like clients sometimes are wrong. Like they actually are just coming from the wrong angle, wrong approach, uh, wrong idea. Maybe it's just miscommunication. So in those situations, I still teach them how, um, you know, I want to be treated in my company. So even to be a client of mine, we have to be on a very respectful, same level basis, right? Yeah. Um, I'm never going to be, I, you know, it's like, it, it's, you separate. It's like, I work for my clients. You know what I mean? I feel like I work for my team. I, I am humble in that sense. Like, I'm like, I work for you guys. But I never put myself in a position where I'm like, you can take advantage of me and I'll still say you're right and I'm sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, you can't take advantage of me. So don't allow people to take advantage of you just because you have the attitude of willingness to make others right. That's fine to make them right, by the way. You can make yeah. the customer right yeah. and still not make yourself this mm -hmm. wrong person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Definitely. It's just you, don't, you, you acknowledge that it's okay, that yeah. they can have it their way. That's fine. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to put yourself into a, I messed up, sorry, you know. So... Good. That's good awesome. week. It was a good week. Absolutely. I was like, wow, this is like apologies are so deep. Like it's so much deeper than just say sorry. You know, yeah, it is. So and it's, it was it's, cool. If there's anything I want everyone to take away from this, it's um, it's simply that what you do, everything you do inside, outside with others, it always leaves an impression on yourself. Yeah. And at the end of every day, when you sleep at night, the only things that last and that you're dwelling on 
are the impressions you made on yourself. I was listening to a motivational uh, video this morning and it was talking about, it's like, you know, the, there is no enemy outside. There's only, uh, the, only, the only enemy is within. And it's a very famous quote. And for a moment I stopped and I'm like, there is no enemy within. I'm like, I'm like taking a shower and I'm like, it's like, yeah, I'm listening to it in the shower, you know, I'm blasting the music. I'm hearing this guy talk, he's like, enemy within. I'm like, there's what enemy within? What, what enemy lives inside of me? If I'm the full controller of my life inside, mm -hmm. if I am in full control of myself, he, it's the implying, it's implying that I'm the enemy of myself. Am I my own enemy within? Because I'm only inside of me. It's only my spirit, my extension of God, whatever I believe inside. Why is there an enemy within? The enemy is really just outside. Why is the enemy outside? Because it's other people's opinions that you let go inside your mind. They're living inside of you. Ooh. So I'm like sitting there. I'm like, is there an enemy within? And then I thought about it. I'm like, fear definitely I think is enemy. Fear, you know, negative energy, these kind of things that hold you back to cause you from not taking action. Yes, definitely. That is within. You can't give me fear. I yeah. have to have it inside. Yeah. But it's like, do I give myself fear? No. Fear happens. By other people's opinions, limiting my thought of, you know, what if. So it's someone else again, planting the fear. So I yeah. never bring fear up in myself. Any negative, maybe some of you need to hear this, any negative emotion, thought, belief, idea you have in your mind, we're planted there. Yeah. You can't plant it in yourself. Very true. No rightfully, no rightfully like sane person would sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to have a terrible life. You don't do that to yourself. People plant seeds by accident or at, or not mm -hmm. in your mind that make those things happen. So the enemy's not within. The ch the game's within for sure. The challenge is within, which yeah. is the mastering of yourself, the mastering of your mind, the understanding of those things that you know how to how to how to uh, filter out and clean out and detox your mind and your heart from the crap that others have put in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Wow, huge. But that's inside. The game's Absolutely. inside. The challenge is inside. Yeah. But the enemy is not inside. Very true. Yeah. It's actually insulting to your own intelligence to believe that you have the enemy inside of you. Mm -hmm. Your mind is not your enemy. Your mind is a gift. Right? Your heart is not your enemy. Your emotions are not your enemies. Yeah. These things are gifts or privileges that you get to feel as one of the most intelligent, the most intelligent creature in the universe, so as far as we know. Right? So, enemy is outside. It is the allowing of influences that stray you off your path and make you believe, not believe in yourself and make you think that things are impossible. It is the, these opinions outside that get planted and you accept as truth in your mind. And now you think the enemy's inside. No, you just let the intruder into the home. Yeah. Wow. Right? You let the enemy come, you know, sip a cup of tea in your living room with you. Absolutely. But he came, they came from outside the enemies. You didn't, you didn't, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, I do, yeah. And that's, you it's, don't breed your own enemies. It's very interesting that you're bringing this up because I was actually having a conversation with my niece over the weekend. She's 12 years old, going on 30. <laughs> that's hilarious. She's very, no, she's very smart. She, yeah, she's very smart. Um, she's really open. And we, I always have very verbatim conversations and about with her, just about things in general because she's yeah. open to accepting them so we were having a conversation and she was talking about <laughs> when she realized it was a pretty deep conversation but she's like you know I've I remember that I learned that there was no Santa Claus at six and like nobody else my age was knew that and I had to keep that to myself and like I just feel different and I'm like you know what you know what's so funny about that your mind is so powerful that you think you knew that at six I was like, let me tell you something. Your mom told you Santa didn't exist when you were one. <laughs> she said it when you were one. She said, hey, babe, we believe in God. <laughs> and
and Santa's not real. We buy presents for you because we love you. And I was like, you just remember it at six because your mind perceives different things at different times, right? Like everything that is planted in your mind at such a young age, you may not notice, you may not think about, but they will manifest or show up in your life later. And you have to remember that, you know, some of these thoughts aren't your own thoughts. Yeah. They were things that people had said around you that you had picked up later. I was like, just trying to give her perspective, I was like, you were the first niece of our family. So all of us were pretty much older thinking adults trying to have a conversation with a baby. Yeah. And we didn't always treat you like a baby. So, you know, in your environment, you were always around older people accepting, like, your brain just internalizing all of the things that were in conversation around not to say that it was always positive yeah because naturally everyone's growing and developing and life is in families is always a little bit deeper but we're having that conversation and she was like oh okay so like sometimes it's not my thought i'm like yeah most of the time it's not your thought (laughs) most of the time it's a thought that happened and that you just internalized or accepted and it was very interesting that you're talking about her thought is the one that says it's not my thought that's her thought. Yes. yes. Your thoughts are awareness. Yeah. Your thoughts are when you observe things, not when you've concluded things. Awesome. I love it. Did you get that? That was really deep. Yeah, it was. <laughs> did, you, Ima, did you get that? I think it's, it means so many other things. Yeah. Um, but can you elaborate? Yeah. Conclusions in the mind or what we call beliefs. You've concluded that something is this way. That's a belief. Um, let's say, whatever. This kind of life is success. This kind of dressing is poor. This kind of uh, woman is attractive. These are conclusions. But all these conclusions usually happen from outside and you internalize and you make up your mind on it, right? Usually these influence though. All the time is influence. There's nothing, think about this. If I was raised to believe that blue was yellow and yellow was blue, how would I ever know the difference? Yeah. Right? So how can I ever know yellow is not blue? Or sorry, it's not yellow. and it's, it's blue. How would I ever know the difference? The only way I would know is if somebody else says, no, 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 this is yellow, this is blue. That's their opinion telling me what it is because they were also given that. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's just long recycled information, you know, taught down. So with that being said, it's like conclusions are always from the outside because you... You give an information, told what to think, and then you think it, right? It's like, don't try to stop that because that's how you, that's how you learn. Like, the, how else would you learn? A teacher comes to tell you something, tells you how to think. Yeah. A really good teacher makes you, teaches you how to think, not what to do or what to say, what to think, Absolutely. right? That's a real teacher. That's a yeah. real mentor, real coaches. These are real people that help uh, perpetuation of generations moving forward. Mm-hmm. So learning comes from other people sharing with you information so that you yeah. can understand. So that's so so the key is though to only take information from people that have what you want. That's why we say who do you listen to, which is only listen to people that have what you want, been where you've been, and ultimately can get you help you get what you want. Because if you listen to them, the only information they'll feed you is the things that get you to what you want, your goals achieved. If you listen to people who don't have what you want, you'll always be giving conclusions that doesn't support you achieving your goal. That was very simplified but very deep. If you yeah. understand what I just said. Uh, you will filter out the the invisible, you know, enemies of your goal, which is people's opinions, unqualified opinions that you take and you think this is good. Look, mom, dad, brother, sister, neighbor, they love you. I'm not saying they don't love you, but I'm saying if they don't have what you want, they have no business being in your mind. So 
conclusions usually come from outside. Okay, it's people's opinions. You make up your mind and you go, this is it. Um, I listen to a lot of mystics and gurus and I, I, like, I like listening to their Eastern ways of thinking as well. Because in Western side of the world, we don't get much of this. And uh, they also believe that um, conclusions mean your mind is not closed. You know, so it's actually a trap to not to even believe anything is a trap. And mm -hmm. so this is really like you go really Eastern. I think they're supportive faculties of believing things in conclusions. But they also believe that um, if you make up your mind about something, you have now closed your mind to any other possibility being real, which yeah. is true, which uh, is the is. whole I know everything and yeah. I don't need to learn more. Yeah. So it's like this beautiful balance of having conclusions with a, with a soft grasp on it, meaning you're always open for it yes. to change yes. by someone even better, more qualified to tell you something different. Um, and then, but also having enough certainty in that decision to willing to risk to move forward with it, even if it could be wrong. Yeah. So it's like you have to not be able to put yourself in a position where you can't take action, but also be open-minded to like, it could, it could always be different. So conclusions are like this, but what is your own thinking? Your own thinking is obser observation, always. Your own thing, no one else could do that for you. Nobody else can make you aware of things by making you observe it. It's only your choice. It's only your thing. So when you start to analyze things, self-awareness. When you start to question things, questioning things is your own thoughts. Because no one else could plant the seed in your mind to question. You have to be the one who questions. Yeah. I can't make you question something. Yeah, yeah. I can question it myself Yes. and make you think about it. Yeah. But now I've caused you to become aware of the question. That's yeah. why questions are so powerful. That's what um, happened last week. Yeah, I, I questioned your full, conclusion like, about how, how to say sorry all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You took that and it was your own thinking for the last week to question why you're doing exactly good. and you come up with your own conclusion yes but now the conclusion really is yours isn't it yes 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 because now it's giving birth from the inside where you've taken what you've learned yeah and you're like here's what i want to think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now until someone questions it your awareness is not put on the fact that this some might be some type of unconscious decision you've made yeah but when you observe it Yes. And you look at it and you go, well, here's what I want because here's my goal. And with this, it support, it doesn't support. Yeah. Now we can say that is your own thinking. Powerful. But still, can I not say that it was my thinking that made that happen to you? But you see what I'm influence. saying? But, but, that's na but now we're in this, uh, this always going to be, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the term? Um, inception hole because you're never going to get yeah. to the source of where it came from. However, is it good that a qual am I qualified? To question Absolutely. something. Okay, so yeah. can I help you get what you want? Absolutely. So my questioning is a qualified source, still came from the outside, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but at least your conclusion landed with your own observation mixed with a person who's qualified to give it. Yeah. Now you got something called a good mentor or a good teacher. Now you want to learn from this person. I get questioned all the time by my mentors and coaches. That's why I go to them. I don't go to them to be right. Yeah. I don't call Satish or Sunny or my coaches. or I don't take courses to go and find out if I'm right about what. <laughs> That's yeah, right? stupid. That's not how you learn. You don't buy courses in coaching and mentorship. Yeah. You don't get into T-Learn mode to prove that you're right. Exactly. The very essence of it is to prove that you're not. Yep. It's to find out why you're wrong about what you think. And we did the first ever Reborn Experience online session just this past Saturday. It was really cool um, for everyone who's watching now that I was on it, you know. It was awesome. It was like three hours of just fun. And I was sharing a lot of stories. It was just the introduction too. It was the best part. But I remember I explained a very simple illustration. I'm like, if this is your little circle of life and inside the circle is everything you know, outside of it is everything you don't know. 
And by essence, everything inside the circle, you know, it makes sense to you. And because it makes sense to you, you do it. And you go, yeah, of course, if it makes sense, I'll do this stuff. Because I made sense of why I should do it, so I do it. I go, but the problem is if everything you're doing that makes sense to you is causing crap in your life, like you're not happy with what you have, then what makes sense to you doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Very simple concept to understand. It doesn't work. So by default, it's like, how do I fix this? Well, all the answers to your questions and all the answers to your problems are outside of what you think makes sense. But the problem is it doesn't make sense to you to hear the right answers. Yeah. And so when people question you, like a qualified person questions you, and as a, as a mentor or a coach or a teacher, that's a good thing because they're from the outside of that circle of yours. Yeah. And they're in the great beyond of everything you don't know, that you don't even know. And so when a person comes and says, look, this idea you don't even know exists, but this is the idea you should be thinking to get what you want to get outside your box and to get outside your circle, you go, oh, but the problem is when you hear it for the first time, it's you say, that doesn't make sense. Well, because it doesn't make sense, obviously it doesn't make sense to you because what makes sense to you isn't working. Yeah. So it's like the very, like that metaphor right there, by the way, should be the very reason why you should, every one of you have need to have a coach. I don't care what who it is or make sure they're qualified Absolutely. and good coaches, but that's why you can't do things on your own because inside of the circles, everything you know and what you know makes sense to you, you do it and it doesn't work. Most of the time it doesn't work. If it's not working, you can't ever think what you think about it works now. You can't trust your own thinking because it's not even your own thing anymore. That means some other person on qualify give you that opinion. You're doing that inside your circle and that's what's causing you things. So if you want someone, something else, you got to learn from someone else, yeah. right? So we had that and we talked about this, right? Absolutely. It's like everything is questioning anyways at the end of the day. But the own, the, your own original thoughts, I'll tell you is this. There's two sources of it and it's because of I learned from thinking and One is from infinite intelligence, from God. There's a creative faculty of your brain and this part, it downloads things that may not even be in your mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is more spiritual. Like you yeah. can download information, ideas, and thoughts that you never thought about. It's not because it's influenced from somewhere. It's literally it's it just in- hits your mind. Exactly, yeah. And that's because it's coming from the source of where all of our minds are connected to. And it has to be connected to something because our minds connect on yes. a subconscious level. Yes. The, but the second source is your own personal observation. And when you have your own observation, if I look at 10 different sources of information of the same topic... I will conclude myself on a very original perspective based off the compilation of all 10 and my experiences, right? A lot of that's going to be very original thinking because I'm looking, oh, and this is what you call like great philosophers. They'll look at everything mm, and they'll yeah. bring together a philosophy of like, here's what I learned. Yeah. So this is now my own perspective of like, wow, this is what I learned from 10 different sources of the same information, mm-hmm. you know, in different ways. Yeah. And this is more close to my own thinking. Now you're really in control of your own mind because you are choosing what to think you're not just thinking it because someone said to think absolutely. it absolutely but if you're going to do that by the way just do it with it's not a bad thing just do it from someone who has what you want you know um that's at least how i look at it so love it you ready to get into some questions yeah sure is there any 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 uh, yeah that's good let's get into questions okay awesome so question number one by the way if you guys enjoyed that and you got something like a little epiphany out of that let us know in the comments that that was, you know, that was something that you understand. Maybe what you understood about what I just said. That'd be good. Awesome. Question number one. What's the difference between self-discipline and self-suppression? What's suppression? Uh, basically, like, I want to say it's keeping parts <coughs> of yourself, like, under wraps. So uh, if I can compare it to something, it would be, like, composure. Give me an example. Give me an example um, I, of self-discipline and self-suppression. So self-discipline is, like, I've built the habit enough so many times, in my opinion. This is my opinion, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've built the habit so many times that I am choosing to refrain from certain things that I do or don't want to do. Yeah. 
Um, and, <clears throat> and self-suppression, I think, would be more comparable to um, I have this like desire or this will to do something, but I'm not going to do it because I know it's not good. Like, that I'm, sounds like discipline. But I mean, I'm, I feel like they're really closely related. Yeah. Lauren, can I get a dictionary definition? <laughs> no, I'll search one up. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Suppression. Yeah, give me suppression. De- what is so, it? Suppression. The action of suppressing something such as an activity or a publication, stoppage or reduction of a discharge or secretion. No, look up suppressed because it's just giving you the suppress. Forcibly put an end to. Okay, forcibly put an end to. Now let's look at discipline. Discipline. The practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. So that sounds very, I mean, kind of similar, but there's a difference. Yeah. Um, so self-discipline is, is the practice of following certain rules. Mm-hmm. But it says using punishment to correct disobedience. That's what it says there, by the way. Well, this is the, the dictionary definition. Let's say without the punishment, it is the practice of following certain rules. Yeah. A set of rules. Yeah. That's discipline, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like I have these rules. I'm not going to eat that past this time. I'm not going to say this. These are rules, and your discipline is developing the, the ability to follow those rules. Yeah. Suppression is you're forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do, right? Technically. That's suppression. Technically, You're yeah. forcing yourself to do something. Yeah. It's it's more like uh, you're forcing yourself, like emotional, emotionally, your thoughts or something like that, usually, to uh, push them down to make sure it doesn't come out. Right. Suppression, like you don't... You don't you're, do control, you're trying to control them. Yeah, you're trying to put them away. Put them away. You mm-hmm. don't deal with them. Yeah. So so let's say I'm overweight and I really want to lose weight. So self-discipline would say I have these rules of my diet to yeah. help me lose weight, right? That's yeah. self-discipline. Mm-hmm. There's no suppression. There's just yeah. I'm going to follow these rules. I'm going to get what I want because yeah. I want what I want. Mm-hmm. Self-suppression in that situation, I'd be like, oh, I really want to eat this pizza. But, uh, you know, I won't. I won't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. And I'm like, why can't you? Because I want to diet. That's <laughs> self-suppression, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, here's the main difference. Self-discipline is when you, you're doing it because you want your goal more than the things you're not you're sacrificing. And uh, and that's not even sacrifice. That's a, that's a that's a tiny cost. Like that's a not even a cost. It's like a, a worthy exchange. Yeah. But suppression is when you are making yourself do something you don't want to do. Well, let me ask you a question. When you look at pizza and then you look at abs, you know, let's just say as a young man or woman, you're looking at this, you go, do I want pizza or do I want abs? Well, obviously you're going to want abs. Most people want abs. Not everybody. Some people are like, yeah. I like pizza. I'm like, all right, have pizza. <laughs> yeah. Then you're achieving your goal. So yeah. there's your discipline is not to work out. Yeah. Your rules are, I don't, I can't work out. I have to eat bad, you know, like, cause I want to, cause I love this stuff. Um, you know, your rules are eat what you want, do what you want. That's your rule. So your discipline in that sense, it's just your discipline is getting you different results. Mm-hmm. And if you want those results, we're all good. If you don't want those results, then you look at it and go, well, I want abs. Problem is, abs aren't instant gratifying, instantly gratifying. Pizza is. So discipline is setting a rule in between that and saying, well, this is the boundary I don't go to anymore. I will not eat this pizza. Why? Because I am willing to wait patiently and get abs while I work hard towards it. So it's an exchange for, for discipline. Discipline is an exchange. The thing I'm hating to do right now that's not good for me, I'm going to not do that in exchange for the long-term benefit. That's discipline. Suppression is, you don't even know, it's not even about abs anymore. You're just looking at pizza and you go, I can't have it. Uh, uh, and I was like, why? Why can't I just, can't, my dietitian said I can't. Well, that's, that's suppression. What if I brought in front of you again? Well, here's what you would look like with abs. Oh, discipline kicks in. No, okay, then I don't want the pizza. So it's just a matter of knowing, it all comes back to knowing what you want, you know? If you know what you want, um, then discipline's very easy. 
You know, discipline's really easy. When you can visualize it, taste it, see it, feel it, feel what it feels like to have what you want, anything that would stop you from it becomes now um, unattractive. That pizza looks like crap. You don't even want to look at it. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was uh, when I was in like my peak state of exercise in January, February, March. I was like, I I didn't even look at sugar or car. Like I didn't care. I'd wake up I'm like yeah whatever. I'll eat chicken on like spinach or like broccoli. That's it. Like and I'm like yeah, this tastes like cake to me. Why? Because I really wanted the fitness goal. So it's just one example I'm giving in fitness. Okay, um, but that's the difference. I think self discipline is when you know what you want. And it is just developing the habits yeah. to get it. Where self-suppression is you you really don't know what you want. and Or maybe you know what you want, but you don't want it bad enough. Because you don't want it bad enough, it feels like you're giving up better things now mm-hmm. to get something that's not as good or yeah. not even better. So obviously, that sounds like torture. If I, if I were, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It's like, let's say you uh, broke up with somebody and you're, now there's the temptation to go back to them. Or you can have the discipline... To move on because you can find someone better. Yeah. Like, here's the problem now. Suppression is, uh, I can't see them. Well, you're not thinking about, well, if you don't see them, you're going to have someone a lot better. Yeah. That's at least how I think. I think if everything happens for a reason, it, it's going to become better in the future. So I'm like, okay, so, okay, so, so discipline is I rules. I won't. It's like, it's not an option anymore to go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even when you look at it, it's like discipline is when you set up rules for getting what you want like uh, when you develop the habits of what you want to, to, to get what you want yeah. where suppression is forcing yourself what does force mean force means against resistance it means against <sighs> resistance meaning you you're going against your desire yeah well in a self-suppression situation your desire is actually to have the thing you're suppressing that you want yeah so then go get what you want but if I ask you on a very deep level is that really what you want or do you want the other thing? You just don't have the courage to develop self-discipline to get it. Now you're like, oh, so I'm not self-suppressed. I'm actually, I just like self-discipline. So that's that's. What do you think? You, so you you said you said a part of my a part of my answer. I think that suppression is based around force, right? You are absolutely you're forcing yourself or resisting something in the manner of you know an outcome that you actually want. Like yeah. you want that thing, but you're like. I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. So your brain is working in a way of like, I don't want to, I want to say like, it's like an an aggressive, like, no, no, no kind of circumstance. And you're not living in a state of like allowing it to happen or building the next step being disciplined, the habit of actually going towards what you genuinely want. Right. So self-suppression is there. Here's something I want. And I'm just saying no. Oh, I almost did a bank. So this, I, this is something that I want, and I'm suppressing the the it. desire and the the ability to have it, and I'm forcing myself to do it. Yeah. You know, and usually when you try to force your mind into something without building the habit, it doesn't stick. Yeah. Right. So I would say force that never sticks. Force never sticks. It doesn't. It doesn't stick with anything. It doesn't work in government. It doesn't work when you're trying to build positive habits for yourself. It doesn't work with other people. You know. So I think that self suppression is like the infant of what self-discipline can become. You guys ever, when you're a kid, I know I did this a lot of times, would you ever roll toilet paper, put it under water, and like throw it at a wall, it sticks? <laughs> you ever did that? I Technically. Used to, at my high school, we used to throw it on the ceiling. Yeah. You know? So you take balls of toilet paper, <laughs> make it wet. Yeah, yeah, middle school, not high school, middle school. Yeah. You throw it on the ceiling, it'd stick. Yeah. You throw it on the wall, it'd stick. Okay. It can only stick for so long. It'll fall off because water's not meant to stick, no, nor is toilet paper. It's, yeah. it's, it's like two things that are not supposed to happen. Oh, I can feel this analogy coming. I like it. <laughs> so like, imagine that as like suppression. Yeah. It's like, sure, 
you can force it to do something it's not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The purpose of that water and toilet paper is not to stick, okay? But discipline is like gum. Like, just put it anywhere. Yeah. And not only will it stick there forever over time, because time develops it, its its bond with whatever it's sticking to, but, like, it goes black. You ever seen them on the, on the floor? You know those black spots on the on the road? Yeah. Those are gum. Yeah. Did you ever know that? I, I, I feel know like that. I, I... When someone told me that, I'm like, <gasps> my world has changed because these little black, <laughs> like, black rubbery looking things it's, on the, on the road. It's not tar remnants? No, I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm telling you what someone told me. Okay. Um, it was like on the sidewalk, you see these black, like these like different like spots. These yeah. are gum. The gum was like smushed down and just like literally became the concrete with it. Um, and so because it's rubber, which is really bad for you, obviously. You don't ever swallow these things because like literally it's rubber. It's just sitting there. Yeah. It become, That's like discipline. It becomes one with the thing over time. So my point is like you can try to stick some decisions through force, through suppression of like what you want and pretend like you want the other thing, but really you want the thing you're suppressing, you could try. It only lasts so long. It's not meant to happen that way. So it's like, if you want discipline, you need to be like gum. Like it has to just be something that just sticks because it's a habit. You, you decide you want to know how to develop self-discipline. What would you say is the way to develop self-discipline so that people who are self-suppressing and don't know what, what the difference was now understand to go. So how do I develop discipline that if I want you to have this goal? Yeah. So basically how I eliminated self-suppression was that I came to understanding with my goal, with what I truly wanted. And you know what you came, want. Exactly. As soon as I came to understanding with what I wanted, yeah, it all, like I eliminated. Yeah, so clarity of your goal is definitely important. But now how do you develop self-discipline? Because that's not how you develop self-discipline. That's yeah. what causes you to be um, available to, self, to self-discipline. It, makes you, it gives you access to it. But how do you develop it? What would you say? Well, I think that building self-discipline is build on is based on building like effective habit change, right? So you've got to take a look at what you're doing like, think about the process of where you go when you're like, I'm going to suppress this emotion. I'm going to just not do it. Like, the reason why you're not doing it is to go towards your goal. Yeah. So once you have your goal, it's crystal clear and you know what you want. The next step is to build up the habit to do it. So in the moments of self-suppression, you've got to go through the steps. you got to go through the process, right? Yeah. Like, I have this craving and I want to eat something. But why do you have that craving? Do you have it because, you know, you feel like you're, you want to eat something or, like, you just want to taste it? So... Like with food, just as an example, it's for me, it would be building the habit of eating more effectively throughout the day, snacking with healthy alternatives yeah. and having a cheat meal at the end of the so week. My, my question would be this. Imagine you're at a coaching client right now. Yeah. Like, Jay, I really want to develop self-discipline with my eating. Yeah. What would you say for them to do first? The first thing you have to do is cut out all the bad stuff. But they, if they could do that, they wouldn't need you. See what I'm saying? Sure. Because if you cut out all the bad stuff, that is discipline. But if it's that's not discipline yet, you gotta you want to have to cut it. off from all the things that are holding you back is not discipline. No, no, I'm saying at first, at first it's not disciplined. Right. If so, you just throw it out, you're not automatically disciplined. So yet. what would you tell them to do first? I would first say, what's in your fridge? Yeah, what yeah. are you eating? Yeah. What's there? What do you like? What do you don't like? What is the taste that you okay, like? Okay. Okay. They throw it all that? out. They throw it all out. Now what? Now we got to replace them with things that you actually love. They do that too. Now what? Now we are building the habit of when you can technically have those negative, like those negative eating things okay. on a cheat meal. So you're looking towards when you can have it based off of the reward system that Look you at it work philosophically. throughout a week. Look at it philosophically. So don't get so uh, uh, into the, uh, the Practical, example. Practical, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Because you're talking about like specific dietary I am talking about discipline. a specific But like think of the f- concept of discipline. So first they eliminate all the... Bad things, right? Yeah. The, the things that are not supposed to be there. Yeah. That are then not going you, towards their goal. Then you create a list of all the good things you need to have. Yeah. Okay. So this is discipline, like mm-hmm, the process. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you what with them? 
with that with that list. Well, for me, for yeah. me, and one of the things yeah. that I did for m- building up my discipline yeah. was a reward like reward system. So okay. when I know that I'm doing all of the things that go towards my goal, I'm yeah. like, okay, great. Now I have a reward. Now this is working. You start to be in a habit of checking things off. I'm a very list check off, list check off, list check yeah, off. Yeah. I need to see it in front of me and this is all that it is. So I know what my goal is. I know that I don't have, these are the negative things that I can't pay attention yeah. to right now. And I know that these are the list of things that I have to do to go towards my goal. These are the things that I need to be doing on a day-to-day basis to get there. So I'm a list checkoff person. Now I can celebrate. List checkoff person. Now I can celebrate. Now and let's then say to the get person. To that point later. Let's say the client comes back and says, "Jay, I couldn't do it. I ate out." What would you tell them? Have you you have not succeeded now with this client? Of course, yeah. They've broken their discipline. Mm-hmm. What, what 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 is the cause of this? Well, it's they're not connected to that goal. Then. They're not disciplined. Well, then, well, if you were connected, connected to, to the, the goal, goal, okay, that's what if you were je- if you were connected to the goal. So, what would you do with them if they came back and be like, "I had a pizza last night," even though their fridge is empty, it's all clean stuff. They did all the stuff, but they can just easily go in. See, the desire to eat crappy it's hasn't bigger. gone yet. Yeah, exactly. So, so what what would you do with this person? Wow, now you're really putting me on the spot. Yeah, Imad, you got some. Go ahead, Imad. Uh, yeah, I just remembered uh, someone I did work with uh, for something similar. And I learned this from Armin actually, but I like did it my own way. What I did in this similar situation was this: first, I didn't know about like how to get rid of bad habits and all of that. Yeah. Like I was working on myself yeah, yeah. at that point of time. So all I did for him was what you had done for me: is I had to first make him understand how it feels like Tonight. to have what he wants. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. Right. If he doesn't know how that feels like, then he won't have the motive. Then I had to establish why he's doing this. Because he needs to be reminded all the time, every time he has the craving to do what he doesn't need to do. Yeah. What, why did you start this journey? Yeah. So, and to keep him accountable, I'm like, every time you feel like eating crappy, text me and I'll send you one text and that's going to be same every single time. And I'll, that's why you wanted to do this. Yeah, that's good. That's actually really good. Um, you know how I did it? Because I was like 250 pounds. Yeah, you were like, 250 yeah, pounds. Now you're 215. You've lost like, 35 pounds. Isaiah is crazy. crazy. How'd you do it? Um, That's good. Thank I you for sharing that. Like, I had to like, I literally had to have a chat with myself. Like I looked at myself in the mirror. Had to have a chat with myself. Yeah, yeah. As in, like how am I feeling right now? Yeah. I feel like crap. Yeah. I don't feel good. I don't love myself. Yeah. I'm very insecure. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable when I'm outside. Do I like that feeling? I hate that feeling. What should I do about it? And I came to understand like that. And that every time when I feel like eating, I'm like, do I like how I feel right now? Yeah. If I eat it, what's, how am I going to feel? I'm going to feel like, I'm going to feel nasty inside. Do I like that feeling? No. So just keep on going. So and what did you do? Hit, it, so what did I, you do to, to start developing self-discipline? To start, what was the well, first thing you did? I had to start, I had to break it down. I couldn't just cut off. You became aware of the problem. Yeah, I became okay, aware great. of the then problem. Okay, great. Then what, what did you do right after? As soon as I became aware of the problem, I had to just give myself... It's like I never went all in. Like I'm gonna cut off everything. Yeah, yeah. I started just cutting off a little by little, little yeah, by little. Okay. And I started getting. It's like putting on the suit. Yeah. So I put it at first. I put on a zipper. You just gave it a little bit of And it took He's steps. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a metaphor right there. That's a really good. It took steps until I was able to put on put on yeah. the suit that I wanted. So first I had to put on the suit. Yeah. I had to put on the button, then the zipper, then the belt. So I cut off the food and then I'll replace it with something. Maybe like. Apple. What is cutting off? What is that called? Just come to understanding with what I wanted. Yeah. And just cutting off from how I feel right now. All Burning three of you, all three of you are tiptoeing around the answer. 
Say it. Yo, what's the answer? Because <laughs> you're you're right, but like you're not saying what it is. Say so it. Someone watching right now, they'd be like, "I'll make a list. I'll understand. I know what sucks about it. I I I, I just won't text the guy now because I know if you text me back, I won't I I'll, I won't do the thing I want to do." How do you kill the desire to do bad things for yourself? Yes? Just don't do it. <laughs> That's actually the closest answer. That's the closest answer. It's not that specific because if you say that to someone, they'll be like, what do you mean? If you ever want to say that in a way where someone would understand what you're saying, Lauren, this is exactly the answer. You're right. It's one word. Decision. You can't tell someone to do anything until they've decided that they're going to do it. And you might think like, but that's implied. It's not implied. True. It's not implied. You start making a list with the person. Take out all your first. They do all this stuff. You have skipped the part where they have had a formal ceremony True. of a committed decision with you that this is what they're going to do and going to stick with it. Mm -hmm. Because they've made no decision or declaration that this is going to happen, they will quit halfway. True. It's like they have their hand still on the past. They're mm -hmm. not letting go of it. Yeah. You haven't taken that hand off. You tell the person every time you feel this, text me. You guys are managing the suppression. You're not creating self-discipline for that client. You're managing their suppression. That's what you're doing. It's not you're helping this client. You're actually just prolonging the pain. Okay. Okay. It's okay. We could all learn. I'm not, I could also be wrong. I'm just telling you how I did it and how I do it with clients and it works. Yeah. Well, in, in even, even with Isaiah's example. Yeah. He's so close to what I was trying to say. He looked in the mirror. Do you know what he did? He did it. He just didn't say he did it. He looked in the mirror. He made a very thorough argument with himself yeah, yeah. about why he needs to decide to never eat like crap again. End of story. And he first looked in the mirror to himself and he said, this ain't going to happen anymore. I know he did that. I know because it's the same way I like do my own transformation. Like mm -hmm. most people, if they really make commitments, if you hear the stories from these interview shows, all of them say the same thing. I had this moment. I thought to myself, am I going to do this? I was watching a video this morning. This guy's like, I was, uh, he's like, uh, I was so overweight and he's like, I wasn't, I'm fit today because of something that happened. He uh -huh. explained, he's like, my uncle died at 50 with a heart attack. He's like, when I went to the hospital, I remember looking at him like, damn, that sucks. But I was overweight myself. And he's like, that caused me to be like, I don't want to die like that. So he actually went on, he was driving the radio and there was like an ad for a clinic and he called the clinic and he went to do a checkup. He went to see the doctor and he said, it wasn't like a normal doctor. The doctor didn't just say, here, take this and this and go home. He learned how to get me motivated, give me a big enough reason to listen to him first. So he gave me the, the, the x-ray scans or whatever of his body, gave it to me. He's like, go have lunch and come back. He's like, okay, whatever. So he's looking at it and he's eating lunch and he had a burrito at lunch, right? He shouldn't be eating that. He comes back to the doctor says, do you have kids? And he goes, well, yeah, I have a son. I have a daughter on the way. He goes, let me ask you a question. Is it important for you to be there when, you're, when your son is graduating from university? Mm -hmm. And he goes, Obviously, why are you asking me that? He goes, um, your daughter, like, you know, she's six months, six months uh, pregnant, right? He, he goes, yeah. He's like, would it be important? Is it okay for you to have uh, another man walk her down the aisle on her wedding? And he goes, what, what the hell are you talking about? He said, why are you saying this stuff? Of course it's not okay. And the doctor said, because I promise you, if you keep going the way you're going, these things will happen. But if you listen to exactly what I'm about to tell you to do, You'll be there for that. This is real leverage. What did the guy do? Gave him enough reasons to make a decision in that moment. Mm -hmm. If he had skipped that part, he would have given a, a suggested prescription for what he needs to do without the decision that he's going to stick to it. 
And he said in his interviews, this is like 30 years ago, this guy's talking, I was watching the video today. He goes, to this day, every morning, when I woke up at 4 a.m. and I feel like not getting out of bed, I remind myself very, very like graciously, I remind myself, I'm going to be walking down my daughter down the aisle, no one else. Yeah. That decision he made is what made him stick and create self-discipline. Self-discipline becomes very easy once you've decided and accepted nothing else other than what you want is going to happen. What I'm trying to tell you guys is if you want to create real discipline, you have to have that formal ceremony with yourself where you decide. And many of you skip that part because you think it's not important because you think it's so simple. Oh, it's just a decision. How, how do you make a decision? I'll tell you, you make it really dramatic and emotional and create a very big scene for yourself and, and all alone. You make it like a, a ceremony, like an initiation ceremony. You look at yourself in the mirror, you write it down, whatever it is. But you have a talk with yourself. No different than if you're having a talk with your own son or daughter who's going the wrong way in life. You sit down and be like, this is not right what you're doing. You do it with yourself. But if you don't, if you skip that part, you lack all the leverage and the motivation behind the discipline to keep it going. And that's the only thing that creates the possibility of self-discipline and retains it over time. Decision. Decision means to cut off from all other things. Decision is commitment. If you guys have fear of commitment or deciding things, you're screwed. Kiss discipline goodbye. You can't discipline yourself on anything. If you don't know how to make decisions and commit to things, you, will not dis- you won't have anything good in life. Anything good in life takes decision, commitment, and, t- and patience, which means you got to learn how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Tony Robbins talk about how he used to. Yeah. Don't worry. We gotta, we're going for a year with the show. No, no. Time to answer just, questions. That's, that's the next question. That's why oh. I'm laughing. Well, let me, let me finish the story and say it out loud. Maybe that's the, the yeah. answer. Yeah. I remember watching Tony Robbins like three years ago when I was studying him to become a coach. He's like, I used to have, he's like, most people, like um, most clients would come to me and they would be like, oh, you know, Mr. Robbins, I want this and this. Stuff. And he'd be like, all right, so like, why should I work with you? I mean, you've seen other therapists. And he would put them in this position where they would have to convince him that they want to change. Yeah. So this was the first step, conv- getting them sold on I need to change mm-hmm. before he told them what to do to change. And coaches, effective coaches, learned this. Ineffective coaches, coaches that have clients that don't change. If you're a coach, you have clients that don't change. Pay very close attention. You skip or minimize that step, which is the first and most important step. You get them so disgusted with their current situation that all they want now is what, they, what, they, what their goal is. Until they have come to the conclusion, decision, commitment, I don't want this anymore. Then anything you say is useless. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how great your process is, how awesome your texts are. It doesn't matter how many times you talk to yourself. You don't make up your mind. You have to like not accept where you're at. Some of you are like, but Armin, that's a lot. No, that's healthy. That's healthy. Some of you are afraid to just be like, life sucks right now. Be honest. If things suck, they suck. They suck. When you admit that and then you make a decision about I'm going to make it unsuck, then you're good. Now, everything you do is very easy. Eh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Discipline's easy. I look at a pizza, I'm like, well, I don't care about this pizza. Because I had a very long talk with myself that was very obvious of why this pizza's crap for me. End of story. If you skip that step, guess what happens? When you're looking at the pizza, you go, damn, that looks really good right now, but I can't have it. I can't have it. No, no. I can't. It's not I can't anymore. Self-suppression is I can't have it. Self-discipline is I don't want it. Big difference. I don't can't, can't, can't. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Lucky for me, because I made a decision to go after what I want and not stop until I get it and do whatever it takes to get it, guess what? I don't want the bad habits. That's discipline. 
So you want to change a person's life, you know, as a client, you better get them to admit first that where they're at is sucks and they never are going to be okay with it. You must leave no options in the mind to fail. There must be no options. There is no plan B. There is no second level to the goal. It is either I get what I want or I die trying. Now, and the cool thing is you never die. You actually get it when yeah. you are willing to die trying. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to 50 Cent. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, get rich or die trying. The guy yeah. got rich. Yeah. He's a good example. Definitely. I think that that is... Do you get my point? No, I do get your point. I was... I'm, I guess in the framework of your question, I was thinking, you know, like, what do you do in the process? Yeah. But you're thinking of the actual, like... I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the most important part. No, no, you're... No, I, I in get my brain... You're thinking about in my the brain, that's the consultation. That's not yeah, the, I get it, I get it. the next but, step. But, 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 Coaching... Yes. ...is getting people to make decisions that are better for them. Yeah. And getting them, showing them how to stick to them. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right? Mm-hmm. Consulting is teaching them what to do afterwards. Totally. Yeah. Mentorship is helping them along the way as they do it. Mm-hmm. Coaching is to make that help your clients make decisions and commit to them that are good for them. That's a good little distinction there. My brain was thinking What consulting. you're talking about is consulting. My brain was thinking consulting, yeah. Coaching is not consulting though. Yeah. The coach's job is to make the person prepared to do what a consultant would say. Interesting. I like is that. Is that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even at Reborn, like, next, this next session we're doing this Saturday, the first, I'm going to be talking about decision the entire time because, like, I got a long list of all these things people want to learn. No problem. But if you don't commit, if you don't learn how to make decisions, mm-hmm. why decisions are everything and why every decision literally changes the trajectory of your future, no matter what I tell you to think, do, or act, you're going to debate about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, for example, one of the things I'm going to teach is, you know, that in certain situations, no matter who's hurt you, you need to forgive. And I'm going to show them how to forgive. But if they haven't decided that forgiveness is a necessary quality to have to achieve their goal, then they will, um, what's the word? They'll, not teeter-totter. They'll, um, wishy-washy? They'll like, they'll like sometimes forgive and sometimes okay. don't. So I'm so bad as a coach now because I haven't made them commit to why they need to learn to forgive people. They might be like, oh, sometimes it applies, sometimes it doesn't. That person has not made a decision. Decisions. I said this three years ago. It's a little cool rhyme. You could always remember. Decisions bring precision to your vision. When you decide, you become very precise to the vision that you want. True. And without that decision, nothing is possible. You make a decision, a whole, like a real decision inside of your gut. Discipline is all that you can have now. You can't suppress anything because you made a decision. You've cut off from the possibility of having pizza ever again and liking it. Mm-hmm. It's done now. It's not even an option anymore. Yeah. When you break up with somebody, decide. It is over forever. Like, decide. No option to go back. Now you'll be very happy moving forward. If you leave a company, start a, stop a job, start a new one, stop a company, start a new one, just decide. That was not right, now this is. Your decision to commit to the end result no matter what is your determining factor for success in business and in life. It doesn't matter all the step-by-step stuff you do. True. I could leave someone at the decision mark and they'll, or their life's already changed. Because they'll go figure it out. Eh? Because they've committed now, they'll go figure it out. They don't, it doesn't matter. It's just a matter of hiring the right people to tell them what to do to get the goal they want. But their decision is what's going to lead them through all the grass 
Yeah. All the high grass and not stop until they get it. Emotionalized that is decisions. Hmm. An emotionalized com- like I, I like to call it commitment because that's more of what I mean. Decision is not just like I want to have burrito today and, and so, yeah. Like, commitment that's is yeah. Commitment is, yeah. is like it's a decision on steroids. That's irreversible. <laughs> yeah. Commitment yeah. is irreversible decisions. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. That is the beginning. The end. The end of lack of self-discipline. The end of it. And the beginning yeah. of discipline is decisions. It's the turning point of everything. How you decide and what you decide and who you decide it for and why you decide it is literally what makes up your life. Someone says, well, how do I get rid of fear? Like Lauren's right. She goes, just don't do it. But that's called a decision. Literally decide you're never going to do it again. But it's like, how do I just do that? Some people are like, but Armin, it's not that simple. Did you try? Have you noticed that person doesn't actually go, I will not do this anymore. Write it down a hundred times on a piece of paper. They won't do that. Mm -hmm. Because that is a real decision. Like you're taking a really long time to make yourself realize you decided this. They think it's just about, okay, I just won't do it anymore. That's not a decision. It's true. When you're on, listen, think of it like this. Life is like a highway. Life is a highway. What's the next part? I want to drive it all night long. So imagine your life's a highway. And you can never stop the car and you can never reverse the car. It only goes forward. That's how life is, right? Time doesn't go back. Mm-hmm. When you come to forks in the road, if you don't decide you're going to go straight into the middle and crash, that's what life, that's what hitting rock bottom's like. The only way to move forward in life is to make decisions. You cannot be indecisive because your car can't split into two different paths. You understand? So until that person has decided that they're going to go left and not right anymore because right's been ruining their life, nothing will change. Yeah. You're you, br- go ahead. Sorry. Go, no, sorry. I'm done. I'm done. You're bringing a quote to mind. Um, until the, the pain of staying the same exceeds the fear of change, you'll never change. Yeah, and when it ex- and when it exceeds the pain of what's current your current situation is when you you make up you your make, mind. Yeah, you make a strong decision like, I hate that, yes. can't do that anymore. This isn't working, and you're emotionalized like, towards. If you have a habit right now, literally just after this show, go into the mirror somewhere, look at yourself, list all the reasons why you're miserable with this habit, and you look yourself dead in the eyes, into your soul. And you just say one thing to yourself. I hate this. And it's going to change. Never again. Yeah. Try to go back on that. Now you can't sleep at night. The leverage of doing that with yourself is so powerful. It's hard to break that. That bond with yourself. It's really hard. You got to feel really crappy about yourself if you do. You say, I'm never going to do this again. When you even get tempted, you're like, no, no, I can't. Because it's like it hurts your spirit because you did it with yourself. Yeah. Letting other people down, sure. Letting yourself down, can't sleep at night. How much time we got left on that? 45. Seconds. Yeah. We're going to end the show here. I know we should. Yeah, we got to end the show. We got a good question next, but I know. So come back next week (laughs) to get the next questions, which which are going to be super valuable. So... I'm your host, Armin Shafi. This is the number one show. Sorry, this is my co-host. 
<laughs> it is the number one show for entrepreneurs who need clarity. If you got questions, we'll answer them live every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Go to askarmin.com and post your questions there. And we'll also send you some valuable things in your emails. Thank you for everyone on Instagram who's joined us, on Facebook who's joined us. Make sure, that's not Facebook, that's another Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> Make sure you share this right now if you can with friends and you comment down below what you got out of this episode as well. Love you so much and go on and make the rest of your week the best of your week.